Yeah, just keep going. Keep trying. Understand that things will get better no matter the challenge, no matter the obstacle. If you keep trying, keep pushing through it, you'll accomplish your goals eventually. It might take time, but it'll happen. Do you need encouragement to turn tragedies into your own triumphant life story? If so, this podcast is for you. Listen to powerful guests who have persevered through challenges so you can gain strength to build your championship life. The host of Professor of Perseverance Podcast, Dr. James Perdue. Hey, 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 and welcome to all y'all coming back into the Professor of Perseverance Podcast. I am a Professor of Perseverance himself, Dr. James Perdue. And so, hey, our topic is always we want to talk to people who's gone through something, how to get through it, and how they can help you provide some encouragement, some hope, some motivation, some inspiration, something to get you over that little hump so you can realize that life is worth living during a struggle. Hey, today our guest, man, I tell you what, this is going to be a good one because I'm always into the sports thing, I tell you. All right. So this guy here was the first. Now we say first, we'll find out was there any others following him, but the first legally blind athlete to play football in Division I game when he was with Tulane University. His senior year was a captain and went on to become an NFL free agent. So let's go ahead and get started here with Aaron Gallup. Welcome yes. to the show, buddy. Thank you so much for having me. I'm looking forward to this and, and to sharing my story with your audience. Now, before we get started, I want to share share this. Let me see if I can hide behind your information I got over here. But I want to share this here. You're, you're a little younger than I am, so you may not know this. But on today's date, today's date, October 7th, they, t- they say on YouTube and stuff you're not supposed to you know, date your stuff, keep it evergreen. Ah, but this is too important. Today's date there, Aaron, you're going to love it. This is a football football trivia for you in the, in the future to remember now. October Sounds 7th, good. 1916. Now, I'm sure you weren't even thought about back in 1916. But here, <laughs> here it goes. Between Cumberland University, well, of course, back then it was Cumberland College Bulldogs were playing against Georgia Tech Engineers football game the final score on today's date october 7th 1916 whether you believe it or not aaron there's gonna be a trivia question one day in your past and your future and you're going to say <laughs> i know this the final score was georgia tech 222 to the <laughs> cumberland bulldogs zero wow in 1916 now add to a little bit more to that in the spring season, these two teams met in baseball, and wouldn't you know it that Cumberland Bulldog baseball beat the Georgia Tech Engineers 22 to nothing. <laughs> so football felt like they had to even the score <laughs> on that date. Wow. So, all right. Oh. Now, do you ever win a... Um, a drink at a bar thing is you can thank me for it one day. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. 
All right, Aaron. Hey, thank you for coming in today and sharing your story with us and, and helping encouraging other people. So let's go ahead. I gave a brief synopsis. Being the first legally blind person to play the Division One with Tulane. So let's go ahead and um, did you get to get tell your story? Did you play like a middle school football, high school football? Worked your way up. How, how did how did your story go, man? Yeah, I started playing football in seventh grade, um, and I started as an offense and defensive lineman. And I did that for the first few years. And, and sophomore year of high school, I was in a position where I was, you know, the third string junior varsity. Um, offense and defensive line. And I just had enough. You know, I said, I want to play varsity. I want to play in college. I want to play division one and at the highest level possible. And I made a decision. I found long snapping and I decided that if I got good enough at this, if I worked hard enough at this, then I might have that opportunity. And that's what I did. I just pursued it from there. There you go. So when there's a, you know, when people, when we're, we're struggling somewhere, but usually if we look hard enough, we can find a way out. Yeah. So now let's go a little deeper into your story. Uh, how or when did you learn that you were considered uh, legally blind? I was born with it. So I was born with no vision in my right eye and extremely limited in my left. And so it was something that I've, you know, grown up with my entire life. And, you know, because of that, I've never known anything different, which, you know, for me, I, I feel is a good thing. I don't know what it's like to have full vision. Okay. All right. And uh, what what's that? Uh, what's it called? What do they call? It? What do they sign? Doc, doctors call? Uh, my specific uh, condition. Yes. Yeah, I have uh, Peter's anomaly. It's a very rare uh, genetic disease. Okay, good deal. And so, um, I'm assuming with you playing sports and everything, mom and dad threw out the bubble wraps when you were a baby and younger and growing up that they decide to let you be adventurous and do the best that you can do. And I mean, I'm sure they were there to help protect you, but they yeah. let you be as normal as possible. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I, I did a lot of sports growing up, whether it's been from skiing and snowboarding to skateboarding, to basketball, to soccer, to whatever, you know, I, I played pretty much everything under the sun growing up. And, you know, obviously my parents were concerned at times, but they were willing to let me do whatever I wanted. There you go. And that's good open-minded thinking of them. And of course, now I do understand there's some children, you've got a bubble wrap. I do understand that. Okay. Yep. But when there is an opportunity that when you're learning the child as they're growing, give them a little bit leadway so you can learn more. I mean, who, who would have, who would ever thought Helen Keller came out the way she would, uh, yeah. if someone wouldn't have took that risk with her. So, yeah, absolutely. But I, but I do understand there's some that, you know, it has to be, and and I'm all for, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying abandon ship on everybody. <laughs> so, you know, there are some that, that need it and, and definitely uh, uh, give it to them because we, we want it to less, less injury as possible. So, all right. Yeah. Aaron, oh man. So um, you got to, you've been playing all these sports and everything growing up and testing the waters, how far you can go. And you decided one day that, like you said, you wanted to play division one. You wanted to get into college and how did that go about, right? You know, cause how, I mean, how do you contact a college or they contact you and then they find out you're legally blind and then how did Tulane all of a sudden said, all right, come on, man, we're going to give you this opportunity. Yeah. You know, for most positions, uh, if you're a top recruit as like a quarterback or a wide receiver, coaches are going to come to you. 
you know, I was able to work my way up to become one of the top long snappers in the nation and one of the top overall athletes for football in the state of Massachusetts. And when you're at that level as a long snapper, you know, yes, a couple schools here and there reached out to me, but, but not many. It was mostly outreach on my end. I was doing a lot of cold emails, cold calls, you know, showing up at some schools just randomly, just trying to get in front of coaches, doing whatever I could. Um, and it was hard. It was hard to get the attention of them. Most people didn't respond or didn't have an interest. And then even when I did, you know, once I expressed and, and told them about my vision, you know, even less people had an interest. And, and I was fortunate that Tulane gave me that opportunity and was willing to say, you know, let's give it a try. I, I believe in you. You've come this far. We can make this happen. Did they have, and I don't know if the football team or the university itself have some type of waiver or something because of your legally blindness that they don't want to be responsible if you got hurt or was there anything like that? Was it that? Nope. nope. Nothing different than, than any other athlete. No, it's, Good. it's, it's they, awesome. they treat me the same. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad that they're open-minded. That's, that's awesome. So yeah. we need more, more universities and colleges that are more open-minded to give that chance. And if they can't make it, they can't make it. Uh, but if yeah. they can, you know, they need an opportunity to show it. Yeah. And, and look, at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's not about, you know, are you legally blind? Do you have a different disability or something? It, it comes down to, are you good enough at the sport to play at that level? And if you are good enough, then you should get an opportunity. If you're not, then I'm sorry, but it's, that's life. Um, I was fortunate to be good enough. And I, I believe that everyone through hard work can make it there. But, you know, universities have to do what they have to do, and I understand that. But when it comes a time where there is someone who has that ability, who is good enough, I, I'd love to see when they're able to give that shot to them. Amen, brother. So, um, now, I reading about your story a little bit, that you're the first legally blind. I, I don't want to keep using that all the time, but, you know, athlete that I've seen get this far. And... Um, has there been any other legally blind or person after you? So I think it was a year. I think he's a year or two younger than me. Um, I, have, have you heard of Jacobson? He's completely blind. Um, he also played football. He also played football. Um, great guy. I've talked to him a few times. I think we did a podcast or some radio show when I was like a junior and he was a freshman or I was a sophomore and he was a freshman. And it was kind of like talking through our experiences and I was giving him some advice and things like that. But, um, he played as, as, as well. Um, I don't know, um, um, you know, uh, all the details of, of his story, but I, I know the overview and he's a great guy and you know, really like him and, and proud that he was able to you know do that as well. Besides that, I do not know if there's others, um, since me, I do not believe so. I feel like I would have heard of it, um, but hopefully there will be down the road. Well, and I, I would think that they would reach out to you to get some advice on what to do, what not to do, stuff like that. Uh, if yeah. they're going there, yeah, because you're the first and even yeah. the contact the second, you know, to get yeah. some advice, I would think if they're heading that way. So, uh, yeah. yeah, I would definitely I would definitely encourage anyone that's even if they're trying to just get to the high school level, yeah. contact no, and you. I've, Contact yeah, you to give get get some advice. I'm always open to that. You know, if anyone out there is listening to this who is in that position, feel free to reach out to me. I'm I'm always happy to help and give advice, especially in those circumstances. All right. Now, what I've have seen in the college and pro ranks, people that are I don't know if they're totally deaf, hard of hearing, or whatnot, and they can't hear the quarterback hollering hike, and there will be a position player 
right next to him, you know, take like the right hand and pop the guy on the uh, thigh to let him know the ball's been snapped. And so I had to have seen that before. So he gave me an idea that uh, that person must be hearing challenged from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. No, I've seen that a couple of times, um, which is also super interesting and, and, and awesome for them. So, Hey, we got Sam O'Coon coming in listening. Sam is an old coach of mine. He says, Hey, uh, docking with you. Haven't, uh, if you haven't asked already, uh, how does he, oh, how does, how do you know where to snap the ball? And that goes with a lot of training and how far you need to snap because he's a long snapper, Sam. He's a long snapper. So, yeah. All right. You know, on, on field goals, it was seven and a half yards and on punts, it was 15. And so it's, it's just muscle memory. It's the same as a golf swing. And so, you know, when I had snapped the ball thousands and thousands of times, you know, by the time I was in college, I knew that when I snapped a ball, depending on how it released off my fingertips, I could tell you, was it going to hit the punter on the left hip, the right hip, the face mask, the chest? I knew exactly where it was would go, and it's just, just because of muscle memory. Yeah, 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 I was going to say the muscle memory and trained you after all them hours of practice and practice to know how much oomph to put in it and how much to hold back. Yep. So, all right, now um, – what advice would you give? I would, I would, I just want to limit just legally blind, but anybody going through any struggle right now, what advice could you give them to help push them through, you know, to, to try whatever they want to try to give some, you know, an adventure uh, out there. If they have a desire to do what, what would you, what advice would you give them for that? You know, understand that you can accomplish any of your goals if you, you know, truly want it and, and push forward and, and keep going. I think that so many people give up too soon and they don't keep trying. And so many people listen to other people's opinions and noise too much as well. If I had listened to everyone who said I couldn't do something, then, you know, who knows where I would be. You need to, you need to understand that if you believe that you want something, if you're willing to put in the time and the effort, then you got to block out other, other people's opinions and noise and just go after your goal. You know, that's uh, pretty much easier said than done, you know, as well as I do that you keep hearing these people, no, 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 no. And then you start thinking, no, 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 and everything. But when you say, you know, block out all everybody else, it finally comes down to that final decision. It's what you decide in your head, okay? Again, you can ignore them all you want to, uh, but if you talk yourself out of it, it doesn't matter what they've told you. And so, like you said, yeah, like you said, if you've got your mindset then go practice it, work hard, and do the best you can and see how the cards fall. Exactly. So, all right. Now, what game, give us a, give it an example of a game where, I don't know, maybe y'all going for the game-winning field goal 53 yards out and you're, you're the pressure on you to get that perfect snap or, you know, or a tie game, uh, something to tie the game. And give us a, Give us a, how how a game like that would feel with you, because now the pressures it's on the kicker as well, but it's on you to get that ball there. Yeah, you know, I think that probably my first game was definitely the most pressure, the most exhilarating, just because it was my first time in front of that many fans, in front of that crowd, the first time doing it. Um, so that was probably the most pressure at first. But you know, the the thing for me at that position for a kicker, a punter, or a long snapper is you need to separate emotion from what's happening. 
And the the issue is if I go out in any situation and I'm too excited, I'm going to sail the ball over the punter's head. If I'm too nervous, I'm going to roll the ball back. And so uh, the key for me is separating that emotion. And so when I would go out to the field, I'd field, I'd practice right before I go out. I take some deep breaths and just try and relax. And, you know, after you do that a few times, you get good at it. But for me, if, if I wasn't able to separate the emotion, then I would have screwed up a lot. It's just, it's just how it is um, when it comes to a long snapper. Yeah. And I played baseball for a long time. And so our, you know, things it's same as football is to say, once you're inside those lines, you got to forget yep. about the world and everything out there to play your game. And yep. so now, so you say the first game you thought maybe the most pressure for you. Then after that, it was just another day in paradise. Yeah. And, and even that first one, you know, I knew I was prepared. Of course I was nervous, but I knew that it was the same thing I've done every single day. And so I, I knew that I was going to go out there and snap a perfect ball, but it, it, it definitely was the most nerve wracking at first. All right. Now let's step a little deeper here. Free agent, NFL free agent. How did that go and what happened out of there? Yeah. You know, I wanted to continue on and, and, and play. And so for me, you know, I did my pro day. I trained for it and I talked to a couple teams. You know, unfortunately, because there's only you know, 32 snappers in the league, if someone doesn't get hurt or screw up, they don't replace them. And there wasn't that opportunity for me and that's okay. I made a pivot in my life and I went into the world of business and entrepreneurship and speaking. And, you know, I love it. I love everything I do. It's, it's been incredible. Um, and I made the right decision. I didn't want to keep chasing that where, you know, I might not have been uh, making a team for several years. You never know. And I, I, I dove into the world of business and I love it today. Good job. And uh, yeah, that's, that's a, a hard, hard line to draw sometimes is drawing a line when it's time to move on. Like I said, there could be other people that would have tried four or five years before they finally said it's time to move on. And I mean, there's no right or wrong answer for that either. So, yeah. I mean, I can I can tell someone to say, you know, after five, man, you need to quit. To, you know, look, if it's their desire and they're still working it, I mean, there's no wrong or right answer. Absolutely. So now what do you want to So you got into the business world now, entrepreneur. So and you go out and uh, what do you do now? Yeah, you know, I do a couple things. One of my biggest things is I speak and I, I go around to companies, to sports teams, to events all over and, and talk about my story, talk about leadership, overcoming obstacles and, and share my message with them. You know, I, I do other things as well, but that's probably my favorite. Is going out and hitting the hitting the road. Of course, uh, last year was big on Zoom. Yep. Everybody's staying. I'm sorry, COVID come around, but I sure love staying at home doing speeches and stuff. <laughs> Instead of all the yeah. traveling, so yeah, yeah. it's it's a uh, it's one of them double edged swords, I guess. So exactly, a hundred percent. So all right, um, now what's a part of your your speech? What I mean, I'm sure you have several different topics, but what's a, a main one or two? Yeah, you know, the biggest one is is achieving goals through adversity, and you know, through that, I talk about you know how do you overcome obstacles and challenges in front of you. How do you, you know, turn your disadvantages into your advantages and how do you become a better leader? And it kind of all ties into one, which is fantastic. And, and I love sharing that with, with people all around. And all right. So how often are you getting there now now that things are opening up? You know, most of them are still virtual, unfortunately. Um, that just is how it is. I've had several, um, 
over the next couple of months that were potentially going to be in person switched to virtual. Um, but, you know, hopefully it gets back to in person sooner or later. Yeah, I do prefer the in person, like you're saying, uh, just because of that human interaction, you know, there. Um, but again, the issue would be that traveling. <laughs> yeah. So, so, all right, then you have a, uh, have any books out? Um, I do not right now. I'm, I'm in the process of writing one that will probably come out at some point, you know, maybe next year. We'll see. Um, it's not my top priority right now, but, uh, I will eventually. Okay. Yep. That's, that's just something people would love to just read your story, yeah. uh, from there. And so, yeah, again, there's no right or wrong time to get it done and not done. So uh, that's from there. My first book is how I got in wheelchair and everything like that. And it took me only 12 years to write it. So maybe, <laughs> maybe it shouldn't take 12 years. So, but I, mine was, I would write a page. Then I would not even touch it for six months, come back and write a paragraph, not touch it for three months. So finally, <laughs> finally I said, if you're going to do this, you better get it done. And so that's when I finally yeah. wrapped it up. I mean, it's a miracle I didn't lose it. You know, how we changed computers out. It's a miracle that at 12 years I didn't lose it in there because I'm pretty sure I would never start over if I would have lost <laughs> that manuscript. Yeah. So, so, all right. Now, how, now do you get to uh, go to like any football camps, Peyton Manning camps or anything and talk to young athletes coming through? Maybe not paid yeah. camps, but other camps. Or do you even host your own camp? You know, I, I I've never hosted my own. I've never talked at Peyton Manning's, but I've I've definitely talked to camps and, and events all over for that. And it's a lot of fun. It's really um I, I, I enjoy engaging with with that age group and, and helping them and guiding them to where they want to go. They're very vulnerable and they're looking for something to grab a hold of to keep them going. And so, yeah, yeah I, I love talking to that group as well, the, the younger ones. So, all right. Well, I don't know much of anything else here. You've uh, wore it out here. You're, you're tearing it up here, man. So, <laughs> hey, you want to go ahead? And, uh, no, no, I appreciate you coming on and, again, helping us and sharing with us and helping the the future of whenever. Because they say this stuff's on the Internet forever. So, in 100 years from now, someone's going to find this, whatever it'll be then. And you're going to help somebody else then. So, Absolutely. Hey, now um, go ahead and tell us um, your website, uh, social media, how people can reach out to get you to come speak. Or if you're, I don't know if you've got a coaching programs. So, yeah, you know, my, my website is Um I, you can find me at on Instagram and Twitter, both at Aaron J. Golub. And, you know, reach out. I'm always happy to help. I, I do speaking all over and, and, you know, I have some other um, behind the scenes businesses that I kind of don't talk through on podcast, but you know, I, I don't do a ton of coaching. I do it occasionally um, with the right person. If, uh, if someone is looking for that and they want to reach out, I'm happy to consider it. I, I rarely open up spots for it because it's not one of my main things, but if that's something someone's looking for, I'm happy to happy to discuss. All right. Good. And um, Aaron, if you go to, uh, again, I still tell people to Google, do those Google Aaron, A A R O N Gallup G O L you be and then you can google search and find everything you probably need it but aaron i will also put your information that you gave us on the show notes to make it easier for people to to find you so, awesome awesome no thank you i i appreciate that 
So you're welcome. Thank you. I appreciate again you being here. Now, Aaron, last thing we'll do here is um we know that people are hurting and struggling today. Um, if you can give us some type of positive message that can help them yeah. get through today, man, that'd be awesome and a blessing. Yeah, just keep going, keep trying, understand that things will get better no matter the challenge, no matter the obstacle. If you keep trying, keep pushing through it, you'll accomplish your goals eventually. It might take time, but it'll happen. Amen, brother. A friend of mine, Bird Baggett, he's quoted in saying, don't give up before the blessings. So that's that's what he says. So you're you're just repeating, basically, don't give up. Everything's going to come. If if it's supposed to, it's going to be here. Exactly. All right, Aaron. Hey, buddy, appreciate you taking the time for being on here and helping us. And I hope things get to open up more for you to be able to get out there more. Sam, thank you for coming in. Anyone else coming on the replay, uh, be sure to share us out. Share Aaron's message out. Do you know someone needs some inspiration, some motivation, some tips, helpful hint, something to get them through today? I'm Dr. James Perdue. Do something today, tomorrow, something next week that's going to help you persevere past your paralysis. Thanks for listening to the Professor of Perseverance podcast. For motivation, inspiration, and encouragement. For more information, go to Facebook at Professor of Perseverance. Visit the website at ProfessorofPerseverance.com and view the YouTube channel, Dr. James Perdue, Professor of Perseverance.